0: Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Adela Marcy Unplugged. As always, we are bringing you the greatest shows possible for Season 3 and going from there on in. Today we've got a very cool person called Carolyn Saldo. I hope I'm actually pronouncing that correctly. As you can hear, the co-pilot is back awake. Chase, he's here as well, so I apologize for any... uh, background noise we get from him. And as always, this show is sponsored by AnnaLamarty.com, Storysell and, Blueprint.com, and for this show, CarolynSaldo.com where you guys can go check out your, uh, check out her stuff there. Especially about creating abundance and life freedom, doing what you love and making an impact on the world. Carolyn, thank you so much for doing this interview.
1: Oh, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. How fun.
0: <laughs> yeah, I apologize for my cat basically, uh, well, being himself. He's... Uh, he has this thing as soon as he on a Skype call. He goes, I can't see a human. You're talking to someone and doing something that isn't with me. I'm now going to meow.
1: Don't you know that cats have a sixth sense? They they sense things. They sense energies. So I believe that the cat totally knows what's going on right now and she wants to talk. Or he wants to talk with us.
0: <laughs> Usually he does. I just I just call him an ass. He is just that though. It's fine. <laughs> cool. So just a quick heads up. You're originally from Germany, right? right.
1: Yes, I was born and raised there. Whereabouts? In Stuttgart.
0: No way. I've, I've only been to Stuttgart once. I went to see Rammstein a few years ago because um, I used to be a drummer like 10 years ago. So it was a beautiful I... place. I was only there for about two days, uh, but it was so beautiful. I really want to go back.
1: Yeah, I miss it. You know, I really do. I, I go back usually about once a year. My, my whole family is there. My side of the family, my husband's family is here. He's from Croatia, actually. So we're both immigrants. And um, I love it. I make fantastic German potato salad. It's to die for.
0: (laughs) Whereabouts in the U.S. are you living now? Like, whereabouts are you guys based?
1: Yeah, we're in Buffalo, New York.
0: Nice. Okay, so the next time I'm in New York, I should just basically try and I should message you and come out that way and be like, hey, can we get a German potato salad over here? Because I really want one.
1: That's right.
0: (laughs) So that's pretty cool. So, um, just give us a little bit more about yourself, about who you are. I mean, like Esther. As much as I love how she barely gives me any information, she's like, "Here you go. Just go do your thing." I'm like, "All right, cool." So let's. So please tell us more about yourself.
1: Yeah, totally. So I came to this country in 2001, Mm -hmm. um, got here with a big suitcase of stuff, um, essentially came here because of my soulmate husband. I met him in Germany. He was a refugee um, in Germany coming from Croatia. He was fleeing the war, essentially. I stayed in Germany for eight years, then immigrated to the States. And then uh, two years later, I followed him. So I met him in Germany. He came and then I came, and um, we had just really big dreams. You know, we we didn't have much. We really came from poverty, both both of us. Um, I sort of left my family behind because I, you know, loved him, but I also had some issues there and wanted to just rebuild my life. So came here. Made enough money to go to school, um, got a marketing degree, uh, a master's degree in um, business and marketing, and then I started my corporate career. So I'm a corporate girl, that's my background, um, worked in finance and um, banking for a while, financial services, and uh, made some pretty good money, climbed the corporate ladder um, until my husband decided to run, uh, start his own business. So in t- 2006, we launched a machining company. Um, Don't ask me what he does. He makes big parts for aerospace and shock and vibe. there's just big machines making big heavy parts. Um, So we wrote a business plan, we got a loan, um, bought some pretty expensive machinery and started his business. So that was my main focus for a while. Then I went back to corporate for a little bit until I got pregnant. So I had two babies, I have two beautiful boys, they're seven and eight now. But um, after my second son, I was in pretty bad shape health-wise. So I was depressed. I had some health struggles. Extremely overweight, um, and I had to turn my life around. So at that point, I had to make some big changes in um, myself. Lost a good eighty pounds. So I went from obesity, yeah, down to you know being a complete health nut. I was competing in bodybuilding competitions in 2013. So I went all the way down was on stage with some big muscles on <laughs> and just really fell in love with health and so you know the health coaching which which I did for a while really fell into my lap so it was you know people were asking what are you doing how are you looking and feeling so great and can you help me so i did coaching on the side for a while not getting paid just doing it for free and for fun but quickly realized that i really loved it much more than you know the corporate stuff, which was dry, which was full of politics and people, and especially with my babies running to the office, it was hard, it was just you know always chasing time. So um, it took me a while to get this health coaching going, um, and, and until about a, a year and a half into it, I went full time, and then I was health coaching for a good six years, until just about two, two and a half years ago, I changed directions completely and i decided to apply everything i learned as a health coach and online business and marketing and rebrand myself so i became a business coach i dropped my health coaching clients created a new brand new online presence um new community and and um, since then i've been coaching women from all over the world um we have clients from i don't even know how many countries and i just i love it i live on purpose i live my passion and I get to talk to cool people like you, so it's <laughs> it's
0: amazing. That's pretty awesome. That's amazing. There's so many questions I have just going off of that. Some pertaining to health because you know you work in business as well. One of the big key areas I've seen with a lot of people um, and a lot of people I know and my, myself personally is they have a hard time um, shifting their nutrition uh, their nutrition to from what it is their diets from what it is to a healthier, more productive diet. I mean, they want the results but they can't, either they can't stomach the foods or, you know, it just messes with them internally. What advice would you give them for that kind of stuff? And yes, I'm going to ask obviously, cause it's for me as well. You know,
1: um, I would say that diets don't work. Um, I, you know, obviously I put myself on a diet to be stage ready. You have to be pretty strict, but yeah. um, for the regular Joe and for the clients I work with, it was always about finding balance because if you have If you want a piece of chocolate, you can have a piece of chocolate as long as you don't eat the entire chocolate bar, right? Um, If I want a little bit of something, I have it. So, moderation has always really served me well. And then, having an understanding of nutrition. So, you know, what's a protein, what's a carb, and and the basic rules of cutting out sugar and cutting out processed foods as much as possible. Um, The other thing is the way I was able to lose my weight is by eating very intuitively. Because okay. your body knows okay. no, your body knows best if, if you're hungry and you're really physically hungry and your belly is, is you know, making noises and you have that, that sensation, then you should be eating. And then when you're full and your belly feels full, you should stop eating. So if you're just a little more aware of what's going on with your actual physiology and your body, your body can, can balance itself out and it will drop weight that doesn't serve your body naturally if you just follow your natural cues um, and if you make good choices. So any diet or plan I've ever put a client on has only been temporary. You can say follow the diet for a while, they get bored of it, they get sick and tired, it's too complicated, and then they drop some weight and then they gain it back. So when I worked with my health coaching clients, there was a, a, a simple set of rules um, as far as how they should be eating, but then I was really driving home the idea of intuitive eating and following what your body is telling you
0: to do. That's pretty awesome. Okay, so like the reason, that's just amazing because right now I'm actually getting, uh, i am well, I haven't been able to train for about a good 10 weeks total simply because I went off. I did about four weeks of a fractured foot, went back into training, did three weeks of training, and then I almost broke my ribs. Um, basically, someone like, messed up the intercostal muscle in my ribs. So I couldn't really work out. And now I'm like, I finally cleared to train again. I've got a competition coming up in one month from today. So I'm like, I need to lose, I think, well, you're European, so you actually understand the, kil- uh, the kilogram system. <laughs> so I need to essentially lose around uh, four to six kilograms in the next month, which is doable. I mean, I've, I've lost more weight than that in a shorter space of time. But I mean, it's sense of so this is really good, understanding how to intuitively, eat, especially when it comes down to managing energy levels while I'm working. Because a lot of business owners they either spend time behind their computers, or they're in an office, or they're in an environment that isn't really conducive for health. So yeah. I found that just getting up and going for a walk in nature has helped me massively. But based on what you said about intuitive eating, it does help. And I don't and personally myself not a huge fan of diets. I believe if you want some, uh, if you want some ch- potato chips or if you want a little bit of chocolate, have that but in moderation. Make sure you balance it out with something good and work out as well. Maintaining yeah. healthy, balanced diets are good. Though yeah. I will say, cutting out sugar is the devil because that is so much harder than people like give it credit for. Like, I, get, I, I get, I get, the shakes.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, you have to overcome that hurdle. I think once you really tough it out for a while, it's like coffee. You know, cutting coffee or quitting smoking—it's the same thing. It's an addiction. Um, but then once you overcome that, the, the the cravings go away, and and you're fine. You know, there's two other things you can do the more frequently you eat the better so if you can train yourself to become a little bit of a grazer throughout the day so that you don't end up you know starving at night many entrepreneurs they work 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 and they don't even think about food until you know it's dinner time and then they eat like 2000 calories in one sitting and then they sleep and then they get fat overnight so, so we all know that, right? It had that happened to me, and it happens to all of us. So, grazing is really good. And then one more thing you can do is before you actually eat something, have a tea or a sweetened water or a beverage or even a soup, which actually will make you eat less of the main meal. And then after that, have like a watery fruit, have like an apple or a, you know melons are great or oranges or grapefruits which will also help you, you know, this is like your dessert. You look forward to the melon or the, 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 you know, if you like those, or the orange, um, and it kind of curbs your sweet tooth so that you feel really satisfied. So you have water, your main meal, and then a nice fruit in the end, which is going to cut down the overall calories that you're consuming and you're still feeling like, oh, my God, I ate all this stuff and I'm really full.
0: Yeah, no, that's actually one of the best ways. Um, Something I did teach myself, um, because I used to be quite skinny, like, very very thin i think i weighed uh, 135 pounds to 130 uh, give it 137 pounds about 61 kilos and i'm six foot tall by the way and i was i was this weight till i was 22 years old mm-hmm. and i used mm-hmm. to i i got to a point where i think i just challenged myself to put on weight so i used to eat because um, they're like oh it's how many calories you eat and i just thought all right i'm just gonna stuff as much as i could in my body um and I, I think the most uh, – I checked back against my, um, my training sheets. I was eating around seven to eight pizzas every week.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah, wow. just
0: every week, just fried chicken, you name it, I was having as much as I could. I'd never put on a pound. It used to annoy me because I was like, I don't like to be this skinny. I know people out there listening to this cussing me out like, how dare you be that skinny and not <laughs> like it? Trust me, I, I, I'm now one of those people that says, I wish I still was that skinny, but you know, it's it's fine. When you're that weight, you want to be a little bit bigger. But um, my point was, I actually got to the point where I got into the habit of grazing. So when I was, because I was trying to put on weight, and um, I'd eat almonds. And like nuts every day, that really helped out. And again, for anyone who's trying to put on weight, that's great. Moving away from health, though, because we can sit here for ages
1: <laughs> talking
0: <laughs> about health. Let's talk about business and stuff because that's, again, one of my biggest passions as well is business. And business and health go hand in hand. So what is it that is your um, primary driver right now? Like why do you do it? Because there's I, I know some health coaches that love health and that's all they do. And other people love business, and they're just like, "Man, it, it turns out I love business." So, what was your driving factor to get you into business?
1: To change, yeah. I wanted to boost my income. I wanted to be challenged again, do something else, um, and 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 just sort of apply what I had learned over time. So, I think I got burnt out with health coaching because yeah. so I've been I was doing it for so long, and you know, always being asked the same questions and over and over and over again. So. I got a little burned out, a little bored, um, and, um, I was really excited about online marketing world and I had learned, obviously building a health coaching business to become an online marketer naturally. Yeah. So I knew I had, you know, some, some great untapped potential and and that's why I did it it was a gradual change I didn't just you know drop everything completely but I rebuilt or I built up the business side of things and the website and the brand and the programs while I was still very much a health coach out there you know to to the public um but I don't regret it I I mean I'm still a health coach at heart but I love my business clients because the other thing is you know as a health coach I was able to impact them and, and, and you know make them, make them live longer and, and have more energy and, and, and diseases and all that stuff. But now I get to really impact women's lives. like yeah. their, their entire life, literally where they live, how they travel, what they do every single day, the careers they have, their husbands, their children. So to me it's just amazing looking at my clients and, and what they accomplish and, and the impact I have. You know they make money. But they're happier. They're they just they wake up in the morning and they say, "Hey, I got to do what I really want to do." And it's amazing. So that really turns me on about my business. You know,
0: that's one of the best things to do. I apologize that I'm trying to keep my mic away from my cat right now, so you guys can hear him hear yourselves live. But that's amazing. That's actually one of the true benefits that people don't realize about business um, is the impact you have on other people, and especially because you say that you work ex- you work exclusively with women, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't say no to men. Um, I've had a couple of male clients, but they don't necessarily come to me because everything is very feminine and, you know, the branding and the look and feel of it all. So I would say 99% of my clients are female. Yeah.
0: I mean, I've started working with women more often um, in the last couple of months. I found them so much easier to work with. Like, don't get me wrong, men, I love you guys. You're fun. You're awesome. I'm a man, so obviously. But I find when working with women, it's. there's there's a different trigger point like with men they'll like they'll start something and then they'll start something else and again women do this too it's a generalization of humanity but like um i found women they kind of stay the course a little bit quicker and kind of just let you do what you need to do in order to get them the result or to help them get the results they're looking for um and that's just incredible so okay out of this scenario i'm just going to paint a scenario for you if you were to actually go ahead and sit down and say I want to, if you were to help someone change where they are right now, say they were stuck in a corporate job and what they truly loved to do was, um, I don't know, they wanted to write books, she she was a writer at heart, what Mm -hmm. advice would you give them so they can actually start moving towards that kind of end goal of actually being able to move out of a corporate job? Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like to call it the smart hustle, right? So in the beginning, I would never advise anybody to just cold turkey, quit their job. I don't think that would serve them well. Um, when I, you know, let my job go, I actually, I was happy to be able to use some of my salary and the money I was making at my job and put into my business. So it's a smart way for them to, you know, have that backing and have those funds and put that into their business. But um I would just say, you know, literally go for it and learn from people who've done this before. Don't try to do it on your own. Don't try to experiment. Don't try to mess around. I, my biggest mistake, you know, in my first year and a half in business was that I was throwing spaghetti on the wall. You know, I tried strategy and I tried that, and then I was blogging and then I was doing videos and this and that. But I, I did everything on my own because I felt like I had to prove myself. Yeah. To. To myself and to other people um once i finally got support from someone who knew what they were doing my business was it was like night and day but i wasted time i wasted energy i wasted money in the beginning so go for it don't wait there's no reason that you need to be stuck in in the career that you're in right now but get the support and do it right like i would say go all in
0: that's awesome. See, I agree with you, especially because I was one of the idiots that quit his original job, Cold Turkey, and was like, I'm going to make a million, million pounds in like a year. I didn't. I really didn't. I failed. I failed so hard. <laughs> but then again, I was lucky because I was 18 at the time. So I kind of got away with it a little bit and then, you know, started my own business the way I am today. And it took time to build up. But I, I agree. Like, just concur with your advice there. Um, do go ahead and find mentors that have done what you want to do. That's one. Two, stop trying the spaghetti method. It doesn't work. I mean, if you love what you're doing, then by all means do it. Like, for instance, a lot of people ask me why I do this podcast. Honestly, it's because I love to. One of my favorite things to do is be able to speak to people like yourself. Um, Because these relationships... Uh, that you have, like, we're talking right now. This is great. This could be a foundation of a great relationship five years down the line when you go, Hey, Addle, we did a podcast like five years ago. Do you remember? Yeah, of course I remember. Great. Well, here's the thing. I want to work with you. Or I can be like, In a week's time, I can be like talking to a, f- a friend of mine. and She can be like, I really wish I knew how to start a business. So I was like, Hey, you know who's the greatest person I know that does this? This woman called Carolyn. I just interviewed her. She's absolutely amazing. Go check her stuff out. Tell her I sent you. It's like, Why? It's like, She knows me. She spoke to me recently. We're cool. She'll go ahead and talk to you. So it's just fun stuff like that because these uh, this is just a great way of connecting with people. It's the same with like YouTube videos. Uh, I suck at YouTube marketing, by the way. I know one of the best YouTube marketers out there. I suck at it, but I still do it because I love getting in front of the camera and just having a conversation with people. It's so much more fun. That and also everyone keeps commenting on how my beard changes. Like this morning, it was like a full-on beard, mustache, the whole thing. This afternoon, I went back to looking like I was an 18-year-old. I look 18. It's amazing. I like it. I don't mind.
1: <laughs> oh, it was funny yeah
0: it was an experiment. It has to be
1: fun you have to experiment and and you know if, if you love podcasting or you love videos by any means do it um, but stick to it yeah. I think any you can, there's so many different ways you can have success online you know may that be with webinars or uh, you know videos or a YouTube channel or whatever I think you just have to really do good you know, look at excellence and be excellent at whatever you do. If it's a podcast, really stick with it and really pour your heart and soul into it. And then it will work for you.
0: Um, yeah. I, I always tell people like they should not fake who they are. Like I hate the term fake it till you make it. I, 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 it can work. It's a good way of tricking the brain, but don't tell everyone else it like fake it to yourself. Don't tell everyone else that you're faking it. Like let the results manifest themselves. Um, like, for instance, I don't edit my show. I, I, I think the first couple of shows I did, I tried editing. I hate editing, by the way. Just, it's, it's the devil to me. <laughs> it's like sugar. Sugar and editing are my two devils. I hate them both. But I, I love sugar, obviously, but still. Um, <laughs> so I just kind of got to the point where I was like, anything I say on this show, I don't really care. I'm just going to go out there. It came out my mouth. People need, If someone likes me for me, because people, thankfully, do like me for who I am, um... They'll accept and be like, oh, that's just Adil. He's weird. He's fine like that. We'll see what happens. I used to like edit this little guy out of it, but now I'm just like, he's he's too annoying and too loud. I'll just let him do his own thing. But yeah. It,
1: you know, it, yeah, it makes you unique. I feel like people buy, they buy from people who are experts and they also buy from people they like.
0: Yeah. You I know, and, f- it's, a, it's a combination yeah. of the two.
1: Yeah, for sure. I hear it all the time. People say, you know, so why are you buying from me right now? Or why are you buying from Carolyn? They say, well, I feel like she's real and she is, you know, she's connected. Yeah, she's out there in pretty dresses and she has a pretty website. But at the end of the day, she's a real person, you know what I mean? And I'm transparent and I'm open and I'm not trying to be perfect. Um, And it it works. It's you, you just you are who you are. It's hard in the beginning because you want to be so perfect and you want to be saying the right things and looking all great all the time. Um, but that's not reality, you know, that's not what human beings are all about. So yeah, I like authentic people too. I hate inauthentic people, can't stand them. Yeah.
0: Real recognize I'm- is real that that's the way i remember it like um that's this term from back in like my old hip-hop days but that's a true real a true true uh true quote real does recognize real if you find someone else that's as real as you you'll you'll connect with them if you don't you'll you can tell you, a real person can take from it uh, can tell from a fake person sooner or later they'll do something that's inconsistent and you'll be like that's not consistent with them okay no that's not them So I agree with you entirely, like, finding that. So question on that is how do you find what you love to do? Because this is a question I've been asked a couple of times. I have my own methods, but I'm curious what you would do.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, you have to, when it comes to business, you have to love it, but you also have to be good at it. So, and it has to be sellable. You know what I mean? Just because you love to collect, you know, postmarks, maybe there's no business for collecting postmarks, right? You're not going to be making a million dollars in that. So when I, when clients come to me and I say, you know, how can I really monetize my passions? How can I bring a business online? I say, well, the first thing we have to figure out is what you're really good at and what you have done before. Like you have to have something that you are trained in that you've had maybe a personal experience in, like me dropping 80 pounds. Well, maybe I can help people lose weight too, right? That kind of thought. Um... Maybe you have work experience in, in that and you really enjoy that. Like I have lots of career coaching clients that have backgrounds in HR. They used to be recruiters and, and they brought this experience into their coaching business. Um, but then at the same time, you have to be you know, really lit up by it. Like when you, when you work during the day and it feels like it's not even work. You know, when you when and, and then you feel gratitude and you feel appreciated by the people that you work with, um, then it's fun. So it has to be fun, it has to be something that you're good at, and there has to be a market for it. Yeah. I feel like in order for us to succeed, we have to really be I said this before, we have to be problem solvers. You know, if there's if, if I'm, if I go out there and I say, Oh, I want to have people be happy. I want to empower them. They always say, well, that's great. And that's a really noble cause, but who will buy that? what ex- what exactly are you solving for these people? Right? Cause they, if the, if the problem is, is a bleeding neck, I call it, if they're literally dying of something and they say, I cannot go one more day with this issue, they will buy from you. If you can just so show them a solution. Might If they see that you have the solution that they need, but if it's just, you know, airy fairy, Oh, I want to, you know, sell bookcases and, and whatever that you may not be successful with that, even though you love it. Um, so this, yeah, does it make sense?
0: Yeah, I, I agree entirely. It's one of those amazing things. Um, yeah. the very few people actually understand like profitable niches is the way I always call it because there's a there's a market for almost anything but to backtrack a little bit about the whole thing I really want to make people happy and stuff that you can do that there is a way to sell that I'm going to tell you right now it's very hard to do I have a client who's just like this and I'm like please pick an avenue of how to make people happy and you'll be fine that's amazing so yeah, yeah um So I'm just really really curious about something right now. Um, So I'm going to let you just completely go off on the show right now. This is kind of like my favorite part of the show. Um, And that is essentially asking you, um, what's two questions. The first one is quite simple. When you're at your lowest point in your life, you know, especially whether that's in your life before your health coaching or during your health coaching business or even now during your current business. What was it, like, how did you get from that knockdown confidence to build yourself back up to actually go forward with what you want? Because a lot of people I find feel like they're knocked down sometimes and they can't get back up, or they don't know how to get back up. So I'm curious to hear how you do it.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like I got knocked down many times and, and you know, especially when I came to this country, people were saying, you've got this weird accent and we don't even know what you're saying. And you're this immigrant. And I, I mean, the, you know, the U S is really welcoming, but I still got some of these comments. So I, you know, came here thinking I'm a second class citizen. You know, who am I to want to make big money? I'm not worthy this and that. Um, but what has always really served me at all is, I'm just naturally optimistic, and maybe that's not what you want to hear. No, that's perfect. I'm 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 just really when I when I look at what's happening to me. First of all, I believe that I can't succeed if I can't fail, because if you've never failed in your life, the success isn't going to be as sweet. Like you know, if if all we do is succeed all the time, it's like okay, whatever, it's not a big deal anymore. So you have to fail to really appreciate your successes. And obviously you have to fail to learn from your failures and, 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 go forward. So I think I've just always had a very natural tendency to be very analytical and look at my failures and say, well, why did this happen? You know what, what went wrong and own it too. Like I I own up to it. I don't say, oh, the world's against me. You know, people don't like me, this and that. I say, okay, well, how did I contribute to this failure? And how can I do better next time? When you take responsibility, I feel like for your failures you can learn from them and you can apply, you know, something to 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 do it better. And and then to sort of believe the other part to this is is a belief that I'm meant to have a great life. And and I feel that applies to all of us. I think we were put on this earth to really get the most out of this planet, enjoy the nature and arts and the food and the culture and travel and you know, it, it is such a beautiful planet and it it's there for all of us to consume and to explore it. So I'm not feeling guilty for wealth. I'm not feeling guilty for abundance. I, I feel like I deserve it. And that you know puts me in a place where I can give back again too. So being optimistic, being very purpose driven, um, doing what I think is right and, and just accepting my failures. And, 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 you know, using them to, to get ahead. And, and I know I've always, my parents have taught me this from a very young age, that, you know, when you failure is okay. Like I was never put down. My mom was always like, okay, it didn't work out, so what can we do? You know, which problems did you not do right? Do you understand why on my tests? Okay, you get it. Well, next time you're going to do better. So I wasn't punished for failure. I wasn't put down for it. Um, so maybe it's also how I was brought up and how I look at that kind of thing um, and and maybe it's a little bit of a personality thing too so I don't know I just gave you like 50,000 different things
0: <laughs> it's okay those um, things see this is all things like you say all those things right now and there's someone out there listening that will be like oh shit that's the one I have cool I'll connect to that mm-hmm that's so always good. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, if, if it's okay with you, one of my personal ways, can I share that?
1: Oh, shit. yeah, absolutely. Cool.
0: No no worries. I don't usually share my side of the story on this stuff because it's, you know, like, oh, cool, no worries. But I'm going to do that with, with you here because um, there's something I might say that might actually help you out or someone else out. And that is one of the ways that I do it is uh, I keep a gratitude list, like, right here. Like, I just write things that I'm grateful for, like, three or four things every day. And I'm like, cool, that's it. I'm ready to go. And I just go with it. Um, especially, like, whenever I've gone through, like, really tough times in my life, find it works. Just, you know, knocks me right back up. So that's one. So my other question, which I really want you to spend a little bit of time on as well, because it's uh, it's a little bit of a deeper question, but it's getting actual, it's getting some, like, we shared a load of advice on the show already, but I want to get, like, three very specific pieces of advice from you. And these three, and it could be a a repetition of something you said earlier as well. So the three pieces of advice that I want to get from you are, if, so, an entrepreneur that's basically either hit a plateau or they're not being able to see their business grow. We've already covered, like, you know, getting a mentor and actually getting someone that's done the right thing. So, we can repeat that if you want. But if you have three pieces of advice that you can share with them to help them see their business grow or to actually get out of that funk, what would they be?
1: Well, can I speak from my own experience? Always. That would be
0: good, right? No, always go yeah. for it. I'm happy with stuff. that um, like.
1: Well, I can give you an example of what happened to me in 2016. So, 2015, I very much felt like my business was still—I call it—a um, house of cards. You know, it was, it was pretty good house, and it was, you know, doing doing really well. But I felt like it was very unstable, inconsistent, and I felt like at any certain time it could just totally collapse on me. Um, we had inconsistent lead generation. I was never really sure when money was going to come in again. And when am I going to sell something again in and this net? And, and I was still sort of experimenting with many different things. I was doing challenges and Facebook ads. And, um, I was, you know, thinking about a podcast myself, but it felt like I'm, just, I was still sort of just throwing things out there and I didn't, didn't have a set strategy that felt really good to me and I was working a ton, a lot. It was all on me. I had a VA. And that was it. So in 2016, I really wanted to scale. I wanted my time back. I wanted to make more money and I wanted to feel very safe in my business. And sleeping at night knowing, you know, I'm gonna make this much next month. Like I wanted to have projections. My husband kept asking me, so how much are we gonna make next month? What's your income projection for the year? And I always said, well, I have no clue. I could be making 30,000, I could be making nothing. I had literally no idea because things were just falling in my lap through all these different methods of marketing that I was using. So 2016 was my year of scale. Um, So so three things I did. I changed my business model where I was creating leveraged programs, meaning programs that required less of my time while serving more clients, without necessarily compromising results that the clients were getting. So I went from one-on-one coaching into group masterminds, where I'm able to coach not just you know 10 people, but I'm actually able to coach 30, 40 people um, with materials that they have access to, with uh, Q&A calls, where I'm still coaching them and they have access to me over email. So I'm still giving them more than enough support but I'm not there with every client every single week coaching them privately. So, so I did that. I also went away from launching stuff all the time and I'm sure you've heard, you know, the big launch and the doors are closing and this and that. And I hated that burned me out was not for me. So I went to an evergreen model where my programs are always available. Yeah. And I'm consistently and just very gently and bowling people every single month. Um, so, so leveraging your time and restructuring your offerings, is a very smart idea. The other thing I did is I built a team. I went from one person in, on my team to now I have an executive assistant, I have a mindset coach for myself and my clients. My clients have a marketing coach, a copy coach, and we have five sales team members. So I went from one to nine, almost 10. Um, and you know, obviously it's a lot of expense, but we also went from In 2015, my average monthly income was 15, 20, 25 thousand. Now we're at 125 thousand. So we five times our income. So expenses went up, but income went up too. Um, And the third piece I would say is automate as much as possible. So my marketing before was again doing these challenges and live streaming and you know pumping out videos once in a while and you know inconsistently running Facebook ads and all this stuff. Um, to now I have one marketing strategy, one funnel, one way that leads are coming into my business. It's running every single month consistently and I focus on only a couple of levers in my business that I now make the impact. I look at close rates, I look at conversion rates, I look at um, how many people are opting in so I know what the statistics are and I have the power to tweak them. I know where to focus and I feel very much in control of what we're doing. So automation when it comes to marketing, building out a team so that you have your time back and you can actually support more people, and building up programs and services that are leveraged so that it's not sucking up all of your time.
0: That's actually really powerful. Quick question, though, um, because this is something I'm actually really curious about. Building your team around you, a lot of people have a hard time doing that like giving up Mm -hmm. control. So like, what was the one key fact that kind of said, okay, cool. I know who I'm going to bring on.
1: Yeah, to me, I really only hire A players. I hire people who, you know, have high credibility, who are really in integrity, who are honest and open and who get my vision, you know? So I I want someone who is fully behind me, someone who they love their own business, but they very much like to be part of a team. So all the people that I brought on, they're they're proud to be part of the Carol and Soldo coaching team, and that's their identity. That's what they want to do, and they still have their other, you know, their own income streams and, and some money that's coming into their business. But when you ask them what they do, that's their main thing. Like they love being part of this this business and this you know empire that we're building. So. Um, and I don't accept anything less. You know, I had assistants and, and copywriters who, you know, didn't live up to deadlines. They didn't do what they were supposed to do. So I fire fast and I hire slow.
0: That's the best I way really- to do it. Yeah. That's the way you get to the top of the, the top of the heap. That's pretty awesome. Thank you so much for actually joining us for this actual podcast. I really enjoyed doing these. Um, Carolyn, thank you so much for being here again. And for sharing so openly because, you know, I felt very. I felt your vulnerability here, and how you just quickly went ahead So like, "Oh yeah, no, you answer that. Let's go to uh, to answer it." Um, but yeah, guys, if you ever want to check out some more stuff, Carolyn uh, Saldo. That's S O L D O dot com. So Carolyn L I N, right? So C A R O L I N S O L D O dot com. Go check out her stuff. It's absolutely amazing. There's gonna be links in the description and comments below. Um, but yeah, guys, just go check our stuff out. As always, just enjoyed you having uh, just enjoyed having another episode of Adam and Marcy unplugged. And we'll see you on the next episode next week. Take care.
1: Thank you. Bye-bye.